0: Money FM 89.3. Best of Breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3.
1: Good morning, welcome to the U.S. Markets Wrap. I am Sean Cheong and there has been positivity in the markets overnight. We saw a rebound in chip stocks and tech names and that led to a rise in the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq Composite. So the broad market index added about 0.58% to close at 4,489 points. And the tech-heavy Nasdaq gained about slightly a bit more than that, 1.05%, adding the day at 13,788 points. The Dow Jones Industrial Average also etched up about 0.07%, closing at about 35,307 points. And for more insights about this, we'll be joined by uh, Yusuf Gerani, the Director of Investments and Operations at IHT Wealth Management, and he's calling in from Chicago. So thank you for joining us, Yusuf. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. I can't wait to unpack this with you. So how are you reading the broad economy based on how the markets are moving recently? I mean, you've seen this since the beginning of the year. Markets have
0: just kind of been slowly melting up, melting up, and, and it, you know, they look extremely resilient. And um, finally, we're starting to hear the narrative here in the United States shift to kind of accommodate some of the market moves. For, for the first quarter first half of the year first half of the year, a lot of people were talking about there 's going to be a recession there 's going to be a recession um, and while it 's still a possibility increasingly we 're seeing people talking about. You know, maybe the soft landing is real. Maybe the Fed is actually going to stick this. Inflation is going to come down and and growth is going to resume. You know, so we're cautiously optimistic on that front. Uh, It's definitely the sentiment in general is starting to turn.
1: And the labor market, of course, is looking great as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the labor market looks exceptionally strong. I think that's actually the primary driver for a lot of the economic strength. The labor market is just doing wonderfully well. Uh, Prime age workers in particular, you know, people in, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, they are, they're employed at higher levels than they were before COVID. So young workers are in demand and um, it's just really hard to find good talent. If anything, like, you know, our firm, for example, we're out there trying to find people and it's difficult. It's hard to find people you can hire. So it's a really, really resilient labor market. And, and by the way, that goes hand in hand with people talk about about the strength of the economy. People talk about GDP numbers. Usually they talk about real GDP numbers adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about it, that's after inflation, the, the nominal GDP number will clip in above 5% in terms of growth. And when you see growth numbers like that, that eventually gets reflected in people's spending, that gets reflected in corporate earnings. It's all over the place. So I think that's an important lens to kind of view the economy through.
1: So, on that note of uh, numbers that people are talking about, overnight we saw some positivity. uh, NVIDIA closing more than 7% higher. The chip stocks across the board as well saw a nice jump to the upside. So, these moves, of course, are coming after the stock has struggled to sustain their 2023 rally in the late summer. NVIDIA, for example, was down about 10% for the month. So can tech really keep up its shine for much longer, or is it just a passing hype? Is it just a buy-the-dip kind of a situation you yeah, had?
0: Yeah, so the semiconductor space and, and NVIDIA in general has just been up and to the right and up and to the right over and over, <laughs> which has <laughs> been awesome if you've been invested in it, right? But uh, But broadly speaking... Semiconductors have become the backbone of, of so many different parts of the economy. You can't do your day-to-day job. You can't live your day-to-day life without using chips of some sort. So around here in the office, we like to say you know, semiconductor chips instead of potato chips. <laughs> the, old, the old staples, right? Yeah, th- Seriously, think about it. Like the, the staples, the things you had to have used to be things like potato chips, and those were safe for your portfolio. And semiconductors were wildly cyclical. Over time, a lot of the semiconductor companies have consolidated, and there's just fewer players in any given space, and each kind of chip is more and more specialized. What that means is that the, the space as a whole has become more integral and more important to the broader economy. And so anytime there's dips in those companies, we think of those as just generally their opportunities, unless there's something really specific going on. So NVIDIA down a little bit, probably a buying opportunity. Yeah, it is trading at a pretty elevated level right now, but just that, that space as a whole, we really like that space as a whole. It's super important to the economy, not just in the United States, but across the planet. (laughs)
1: And on the note of uh, economy, uh, we saw a mixed batch of inflation reports last week. So is it fair to say that the Fed has done enough on rates? I think the Fed has has
0: done enough on rates. There is a question as to whether whether or not hiking rates is as effective as it used to be. It's probably just as effective, our opinion. It's probably just as effective, but much, much slower to have an impact. And one of the primary reasons for this is, especially with, within big corporate, big corporate is using fixed rate debt, right? They're they're all locked in, and the, at rates that are you know five percent. And the same thing for the American homeowner. The American homeowner has a mortgage at at sub three percent, three and a half, three and a quarter. Those are rates that actually incentivize people to be to be sticky, to stay in one place. There's not as much, uh, there's not as, as fast of an impact from the, from the rising rates on, on the average consumer's daily expenditure if they've got a, a mortgage that's locked in. And on the other hand, it actually makes it more difficult to go out and finance new construction. Building loans are exceptionally expensive, much more expensive than they were 12 months ago. And so it makes it harder to go out and to build, to create new homes. And that is actually one of the primary drivers for inflation, is, is housing inflation. So it's almost counterintuitive that, that higher rates it's going to work. It just takes longer. And there's some parts of the inflation story that higher rates don't actually necessarily help in a direct way.
1: So how much longer do you think then that rates can stay this high?
0: Probably for, for a while, unfortunately. So inflation, uh, specifically for shelter, is still running uh, just around 7%, just over 7% around a month ago. And with inflation for shelter high, it's just going to be really, and that, that's a significant component that's almost half of, of core CPI. Mm-hmm. So, if that's the preferred measure for the fed they're looking at core cpi they want to see that come down and shelter is so much of it well you need that shelter number to start to shrink before core cpi is going to come down and you need core cpi to start coming down before the feds going to feel really comfortable cutting rates so we don't think they go a lot higher from here but we think it's pretty aggressive people who are saying they're going to be cutting rates by the end of the year we don't think that happens unless the economy really, really starts to fall off and they have to be reactionary
1: there. And of course, uh, we have to turn our attention to what's uh, to look forward to this week as well. Uh, Retail sales data from July is expected to be out on Tuesday in the U.S., alongside earnings from uh, Home Depot, Target, Walmart, and so on. So what is your reading of how the American consumer... Is and uh, you know and you know are people going to be spending amidst all this inflation that we're seeing?
0: I, I think for a lot of people they don't have a choice, right? Uh, especially for for the reads that you're going to get from Walmart and Target and um, you know some of the more staple names, you know, grocery that's always going to be there. Inflation is is coming down, but but even as it comes down, that doesn't mean prices are dropping. It just means they're not going up anymore. So I think you're going to see pretty solid numbers. I do think Home Depot has an opportunity to really capitalize in an environment where where people don't want to move. So I, I'm very interested to see what their numbers look like because if people aren't selling their homes and people are staying in their homes, that means that means more home improvement. That means more do-it-yourself. So it, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Home Depot has to say. I think that'll be a great bellwether. Um, it's kind of a great indicator for, for what's going on for the U.S. consumer. But just broadly speaking, the U.S. consumer, when people are working, and, and you know, anecdotally, I see it out on the street. People out there and people are spending. You know, maybe it's just Chicago, but, but we, see, we see people out and about. And, and you know, at least the, the top portion of the, consumpt- of the consumer, we see those people out and about. We expect that to continue.
1: Let's uh, turn our attention to what's going on in the rest of the world, in particular China. So how much would China's deflation cascade into the real impact for the U.S. manufacturing sector? So I think we're
0: starting to talk about China and the U.S. manufacturing sector almost as two separate entities. For a long time, one only you know, needed Chinese manufacturing in order for manufacturing in the United States to do anything. We're starting to see those separate a little bit. So we're thinking of the United States and manufacturing here as more connected to, to NAFTA, to, to more in Mexico, and, and those supply chains are shifting a little bit. That said, Chinese deflation is significant, and it's going to be impactful globally. And Beyond that, we, we expect China to be fairly aggressive in stimulating the economy and going to rescue some of these um, real estate companies or, or trust codes if it's necessary. Just generally speaking, coming out of COVID, they've already suffered a bit of a black eye, and we don't think that they want to risk having having any more popular discontent here. So we expect them to be pretty aggressive in coming out with more stimulus, whether that's cutting reserve requirements or pumping money into the economy we think they'll be very, very attentive to any further downturn in the economy there.
1: All right. Thank you very much uh, for your time, Youssef. Uh, you have a good day ahead, yeah? yeah we could talk forever. <laughs> of course. I look forward to that. But yeah, anyway, have a good day ahead.
0: Take
1: care. Yeah, you take care too. And we've been speaking to Youssef Guani, the Director of Investments and Operations at IHT of Management. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please
0: consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.